Hey everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. I'm not playing in your league unless I can draft myself. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of football, I live a pretty boring life. With Matt Harmon. This is an anti-getting greedy podcast here. The thing you guys' podcast have blown up here recently, so glad to get on. It's Monday, February 13th, and the 2022 NFL season is now officially over. The Kansas City Chiefs are your Super Bowl champions. We have a ton to talk about. I had a hell of a week. If you can hear it in my voice, I had a hell of a week doing so many interviews in Arizona. It was a ton of fun. Um, great lead up to the Super Bowl. Uh, we had got a great Super Bowl. Of course, we'll, we'll talk about all of the details here. And joining me to do that is my recap buddy, the great Scott Pinowski. What's going on, buddy? Uh, I'm, I'm in a great mood, man. It was a fun game. Wasn't maybe the most satisfying ending to it, yeah. but... It was a good day if you like points. It was a good day if you wanted to bet like the most obvious prop guys in the world because just about every <laughs> obvious prop guy hit. So a really good day for the squares. And, you know, I was I was more square than usual yesterday. I bet a lot of the obvious things. And a lot of them came in. So that was fun. And yeah, I think these offenses are going to be fun next year. So it's going it's, to there's going to be changes. We, we know not every team that either team is going to bring back everybody and there's going to be things in flux. There could be coordinator changes. So uh, a lot to break down from a really entertaining day of football. Really entertaining game. You know, going into it, I was telling people that I was uh, X, I flew back to LA, you know, watching it with uh, some family and friends being like, I think this has a chance to be like an all timer. And and I kind of think, you know, we got one chiefs 38 uh, Eagles 35, but of course, you know, I, I think we can just get it out of the way whether you think it's a penalty or not, you know, the, the James Bradbury hold, he said afterwards, he's like, yeah, I was holding him and I was kind of hoping to get away with it, you know, and whether you, th- I, I would love them to just like the refs to just get out of the way. I lo- I've never like to talk about the refs guy, uh, but I think you kind of have to talk about it in this game, of course. Uh, and whether, again, whether you think it's a penalty or not, it just sucks that we didn't get a chance to see Jalen Hurts who, played his ass off yesterday, you know, have a chance to respond, right, Scott? Like, that's kind of my my feeling on it. It's like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, oh, it's, it is or is not and whatever, you know. The reality is what just sucks about the ending of that game is that it's an all-time game. It's a total classic, but then it's just, ah, it's like letting all the air out of the balloon, you know, uh, the, the two the two kneel downs kick the field goal, and that's that. Yeah, it's an unsatisfying ending. He even had the, the heady play from McKinnon to go down at the one-yard line, which was right. really smart of him. But at this point, everybody knows that. We've seen that so many times before. Brian Ruswick did it. So many other guys have done it. I think Philadelphia actually kind of messed up on that third-down defensive call. I think you get to bring like an old-school Jim Johnson blitz mm. where one of two things has to happen in that play. Either you get to Mahomes and you sack him or you force him to throw the ball out of play immediately or 
they score a touchdown and then you get the ball back. You can't have what ultimately did happen. They get a first down out of the play. Now, I, I was critical of the play in the moment. Didn't 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 like the call. Critical of the call, I should say. Didn't like it. Um, expounded on another tweet about it, which a lot of people agreed with. Some people are like oh, when Bradbury had his comment. Aha! See, he 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 admitted it. It was an infraction. <laughs> And I don't think, I mean, it's good on him and good on Sirianni, his reaction, the way they handled it, I thought was classy and and all that. You know, so many, we're so used to teams just, you know, giving us bullshit quotes or just lying to us that it was nice that they were honest about it. And I do respect that. But that doesn't change my ethos, which is that if a call is borderline in a Super Bowl, especially in a critical moment, I'm just going to always yeah. let that go. I, I yeah. felt like even, even the pass had a chance to be completed despite the the contact, whatever you want to say Bradbury did. So the fact that he conceded that it, it was a hold, again, I'm, I respect the way he handled the question. That doesn't mean that they have to call it. I would have let yeah. it alone. This was just not like that Mahomes um, personal foul in the Bengals game where once Mahomes tumbles to the ground out of bounds, the officials just left with no choice. He has to throw the flag. So I was hoping Hurts would get the ball back. I was hoping maybe we'd get overtime. It was just the type of game that it was so much fun on both sides of the ball and both offenses were doing so many interesting things that you just wanted to see more of it. I, I remember we got late in the fourth quarter. I thought to myself, I'm sad this game is going to end soon. Yeah, And yeah. I was really sad the way the game did end. In my mind, that's a play on. Greg Olson, I thought, called it really uh, – Greg Olson, by the way, is great. I, I hope he's yeah. not demoted with whatever Fox decides to do with Tom Brady. Maybe Brady will be an interesting announcer. He said nothing interesting as the player, it felt like. But Greg Olson's outstanding. I thought he had a great Super Bowl. He, he's smart enough to appeal to smart fans, but he's accessible enough to appeal to more common fans. And we know in the Super Bowl you get all sorts of people who are watching the game who maybe aren't the biggest football fans. But – a big Greg Olson fan. I think he's one of the winners of the day, but I like to see the games decided by what happened on the field. I, I don't feel like Philadelphia or Kansas City, I don't feel like either team was demonstrably the better team. The Chiefs now are getting their parade and they're getting their hats and they're getting, if they still make a championship DVD, they're getting all that. But I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like they're any better than Philadelphia on this day. It's just, it's just the way the game happened to end. Yeah, I mean, one team's got to win it, right? You know, and right. I think these were the two best teams in the NFL. For sure. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of discussion leading up into the week. Does the, Is the Eagles roster just that much better than Kansas City? But Kansas City is just that much better at quarterback that they end up winning out because of that. And I don't even know if any of that is true. Like, well, I mean, look, let me let me dial that back a little bit. I, I don't know that. Like there, there was nothing wrong with Jalen Hurts in this game. You know, he had the one fumble uh, kind of crazy play there, but. Jalen Hurts, like I said, played his ass off in this game. He was fantastic. Mahomes is Mahomes. We'll talk about him, uh, obviously, in depth in just a second. But I, I think Kansas City's roster on the fringes did show that it was like the, the talking point that Philadelphia was that much better as a roster than Kansas City. I, I don't think that necessarily played out in this game either because guys like, you know, role players like Sky Moore scores the touchdown. Canarius Tony scores the touchdowns. Great on the punt return. Um, you know, Jarek McKinnon, like you said, he makes impact moments. Isaiah Pacheco continued to just pop every single game. These guys on the fringes for Kansas City definitely stepped up. But to bring it back to 15, to bring it back to Patrick Holmes, you know, the Super Bowl MVP, what this guy has accomplished now, Scott, in such a short amount of time. I mean, he started five seasons. He's won two Super Bowls. He's a Super Bowl MVP in both of those. He's been an MVP uh, of the regular season twice, five-time Pro Bowler. Um, he's led the NFL in passing touchdowns two years. <laughs> he's led the NFL in passing yards in a year. He's been a second-team All-Pro twice. He's been a first-team All-Pro twice. 
Offensive Player of the Year in 2018. I mean, it's his resume at this point is now utterly absurd. In this game, he throws for three touchdowns under 200 yards. But I mean, we are. It's just it's just worth like saying. I think it's the after you get the penalty stuff out of the way. The most important thing to say about this game is that we are witnessing something special happen in real time with this guy. Yeah, he's a generational player, an all-time player. Ultimately, it's going to be where is Mahomes at the end of his career? Is is he yeah. next to Peyton Manning? Is he next to Tom Brady? Is he next to Joe Montana? Has he eclipsed those guys? And he's certainly well on his way to his upside is just unlimited. I mean, he, he could have a career that he could be the face of the NFL all time by the time he retires. He has to do it. I mean, we're still mm-hmm. just, you know, on, on the front nine, I think, of Mahomes' career. And what is remarkable to be in this game, no sacks, no yeah. turnovers. And a guy who we, we knew wasn't 100% with the lower body, he runs for 44 yards. He had a couple of signature moments there. He had some help. I mean, there were some, I thought, Pacheco was excellent as a pass blocker, and that's really going to speak well to what his role is going forward because he was yeah. more of a two-down grinder earlier in the season. They gave they put more on his plate. He was clearly the featured back in this game and ran really well. But Mahomes just won an MVP and just won a Super Bowl title, and there isn't one receiver in this room where if he didn't come back next year, there'd be an outcry. I mean, they'll, I think they'll make some kind of overture to get Juju back, and maybe he comes mm-hmm. back, maybe he doesn't. We know they have young, talented receivers. A couple of them scored in this game. They were more design win touchdowns than they were anything special that Tony did or Sky Moore did, although mm-hmm. Tony also had that great punt return, the longest punt return in, in, in NFL Super Bowl history, so that was pretty cool. But Mahomes won an MVP with this group of guys, and he does not have an alpha wide receiver. Now, he has Travis Kelsey, of course, headed into an age 34 season. That will be a long-standing fantasy debate next year. You know, yes. Kelsey's, Kelsey's smashing everything at tight end. Take him in the first round. Well, wait a minute. He's 34 years old. It's a position based on collisions. Do you take him in the first round? So there's going to be a lot of people on both sides of that. But bottom line is this. Andy Reid says he's coming back. We know Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere. And, and not to slight, it's not that there aren't talented guys in the Kansas City receiver room because there, there's talent. You know, the NFL, everybody in the NFL was talented. They came in your backyard. You'd think they were all Jim Brown or Randy Moss. That's how talented these guys are. But Patrick Mahomes could look around and be like, wow, man, I'd like to have Miami's skill talent. I'd like to have Philadelphia's skill talent. I'd like to have San Francisco's skill talent or maybe Detroit's skill talent. You go, there's like 15, 18 teams yeah. <laughs> that might have better receiver rooms than the Chiefs do. And in a season where we said that all year, Mahomes wins MVP regular season MVP Super Bowl. I'm not sure he was the best Super Bowl pick for MVP. He was probably just kind of the de facto pick because nobody outrageously separated themselves. Otherwise, there were some other guys who were kind of like fringy candidates. Okay, Mahomes gets it. When there's no obvious pick, you go to the quarterback. If he has a decent game, Mahomes obviously did. But if Patrick Mahomes can do this with ordinary help in his receiver room, God help the NFL. If the Chiefs actually find out something, <laughs> they get somebody in the draft or, or they trade for somebody, there's going to be guys on the market. So it, it's just scary that Kansas City, I think it's a mistake a lot of times when teams in any sport get to a championship game or win a championship. You're like, okay, yeah, this is going to keep going on because things change so much. The NFL, especially, there's a price tag of winning. Your better players, they could, their contracts come up, they want more money, they've earned more money, and somebody a lot of times outside of the city can pay them more money. So it's a lot of times a mistake to think, oh yeah, this is the first of many. This team's going to be back. Sometimes the teams never get back. But here are the Chiefs, five straight AFC championship games. They've been to three cha- Super Bowls. They've won a couple of them. And because Reed is back, because Mahomes is back, I don't see anything changing. You have to figure they're going to be one of the top four. They're going to be in the final four again next year. That's the only logical conclusion I can come up with. The receiver point is so well taken because 
it's a huge gamble, right? To to trade away a guy like Tyreek Hill. And I know they were at a contract impasse, whatever. They just decided to go to you know different directions. But it, it was one of those like uh, you know nobody got exposed in that trade, right? Like you know Tyreek Hill didn't turn out to just be a product of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense certainly. Obviously, they, they've completely remade their identity. Did you see the, um, I think it was Albert Breer uh, over the weekend said, or during the Super Bowl week, like that the Chiefs actually had an offer on the table uh, from the Jets to trade the, like to trade them the 10th overall pick, but they declined that and they wanted like a package of picks or whatever, because uh, I guess Brett Veach didn't want to be the guy that traded, uh, you know, like the Vikings traded Randy Moss and then drafted Troy Williamson. Like he didn't want to be that guy, like, which, I mean, hey, you could would have taken Garrett Wilson and that would have been great. I think Garrett Wilson would be awesome in this Kansas City offense, but it's a huge gamble to go ahead and do that. I, so I sort of get what Veach is saying there, but like, it's a huge gamble anyways to trade Tyree Kill and put together this like ragtag group of dudes like I, you know there's a chance juju's gone there's a chance mvs is gone they can get out of his contract and yeah i think like neither Kadarius tony or sky Moore. and i was higher on sky Moore coming into the year than than Kadarius tony with the giants and just you know in terms of being like a real wide receiver neither of these guys has really shown that they're like a legit starting outside receivers this this group could look completely different but the chiefs just said hey mahomes is good enough to elevate this entire room and travis kelsey is still good enough at his at this point in his career like he's an all-time great if that's the centerpiece of our identity that's the centerpiece of our offense that's good enough huge gamble and they couldn't have been more right with the results as you say and just on on Mahomes too like I remember I'm gonna say growing up and it makes me seem like I'm 10 years old but like I remember in sort of the formative years of me becoming like obsessed with football when you're talking about like Brady Manning and Aaron Rodgers in terms of like oh who's the best quarterback in the NFL well obviously Brady has all the legacy stuff in his corner Peyton Manning had like the best argument for Peyton Manning was the entire Colts operation is built around him it's all about 18 it's all about Peyton Manning but then with Rodgers it was like well just look at him play look at what he can do he's clearly the most talented Mahomes is like all three of those like he has the legacy he has the entire Kansas City operation is built around him he's the centerpiece of that team and then also look at him freaking play like he is the co- the best combination of all three of those things which I think w- is why like again we're witnessing something so so special with him it's funny because if the MVP award for a Super Bowl was most outstanding player, there's a case you could have given it to Jalen Hurts. Other than the fumble yeah. that was returned for a Chiefs touchdown, Hurts did nothing wrong. He had more passing yards. He had a better YPA. He He's so dynamic as a runner. We'll, we'll get to that. The Eagles have a tough choice of how they want to go with that forward because it's a weapon, but you don't want your quarterback getting hit constantly, and that's what that entails when you do that. But Patrick Mahomes is clearly the signature face of the NFL right now. Not, mm-hmm. not just the face of the Chiefs, the face of the AFC West, or the face of the AFC, the face of the NFL. And if they, you got to think if they redrafted everybody, Mahomes would be the first pick. Now, one thing I thought was really interesting in this game is I, I teased it earlier. You know, Pacheco ran, he, the guy runs like every run of his career. Yeah. Every run is going to be the last of his career, yeah. you know? Like he, he really get picked does. out of the stands and like, okay, if you run for 10 yards, we'll pay you $5 million. Oh, got it. No problem. Yeah. Runs <laughs> like his hair is on fire. So true. But man, a couple of awesome blitz pickup blocks. Okay, now I, I one of the things I got wrong, I, I did hit a lot of props. It was a good day yesterday, but I thought the Chiefs running backs would be involved more in the passing game. I thought, well, how do you slow down a Philadelphia all-time, you know, great, all-time great pass rush, right? They had five dynamic pass rushers. How are they going to slow that down? 
I thought they'd be more involved in the screen game, more involved in, in dumping the ball off. That didn't really happen. But Pacheco's shown enough that I get to figure he's on paper the number one back here, no matter who they bring in. Now, McKinnon's a free agent. He's in his 30s. You would think he probably moves on. Edwards Alaire will be healthy next year, you would think. But Pacheco's a seventh-round running back. And I know we're in an era where it's like, oh, don't take running backs in the first round. And although you know, John Robinson's going to go against that. But Pacheco has shown that he can be is he maybe a true bell cow? I might stop short of that. Can he be the lead committee runner of a really good offense, of a top five offense, maybe a top three offense? I, I think he can be. I, I thought he got a lot better as the season went along. And as Kansas City expanded his plate, expanded his snap count, expanded his responsibilities, that showed how they felt about them, about Pacheco. In the most important game of the year, he was clearly the, the, the main guy that they were relying on to do a lot of different things, including pick up blitzing guys so mm-hmm. they don't get to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if Patrick Mahomes takes hits, if Patrick Mahomes takes sacks, if Patrick Mahomes gets dinged up again, we know he got dinged up in the second quarter, which was a yeah. anxious moment. The whole thing falls Oof. apart, and they trusted Pacheco in that role. And my my thought, like, in the postseason was going to be, okay, Pacheco's been great. Pacheco's been awesome. But it's similar to discussion that we would have in fantasy all the time. It's like, well, they, they, they do trust Jarek McKinnon. Like, and especially when it comes, like, push comes to shove, they in the postseason here, they're going to trust Jarek McKinnon. And that you're right. That didn't prove out to be the case at all. Jarek McKinnon did run more routes uh, in this game. But in the AFC Championship game, Pacheco ran more routes, right? Like, and they did trust him as a blitz pickup guy, which I think, you know, maybe they bring McKinnon back on, like, a, you know, some sort of little compromise deal. Like, I don't know that McKinnon's going to be this good anywhere else. But, like, again, I think the fact that Pacheco took those steps this year is pretty important for when we're talking about him in fantasy next year. He's going to be a really fa- – he's going to be a fascinating guy to discuss. I think, like, all of these chief skill position players will be really fascinating guys to discuss, like, regardless of who they are. Like, unless they make some huge swing for wide receiver, I think – Obviously, we'll be we'll be really interested in that player. But it's funny because we talked about all these guys in the offseason. Like, well, you know, at one point, Sky Moore was going in like the ninth round on underdog best ball drafts. Like when Kadarius Tony got traded there, everybody's like falling all over themselves to make their aggressive Kadarius Tony projection. You know, I, I drafted a lot of Juju and it was like it was fine. Right. You know, MVS like, oh, well, you got to take a guy that can burn like that with with Pat Mahomes. And none of it really became a big deal in fantasy. So they will be. I think for the rest of uh like they the rest of the time they exist in this version of the Chiefs where it is this kind of ragtag guys and Kelsey and Mahomes they'll be a really fascinating fantasy team uh to discuss and project and you know it might be sort of like fool's gold all along cuz it basically just revolves around 1587 and and Andy Reid. And by the way, you know I I you said Andy Reid's coming back. I hope so. I, I don't want to live in the NFL world without Andy Reid cuz he's so likable and he's I mean just an incredible game planner this was like an Andy Reid masterclass type of game all of the motion all of I mean just an incredible uh play design incredible play calling it was like definitely the best of Andy Reid on displayed along with all of these guys like Kelsey and Mahomes yeah already a hall of famer in my mind I I also want to point out one cool thing about Juju so seven catches 53 yards no touchdown if I said to you before the game, Matt Harmon, I, I have looked into the future. I have tomorrow's news today. <laughs> One of the pass catchers in this game will have seven catches for 53 yards and no touchdown. You would be able to say, that's Juju. This is Juju, yeah. <laughs> it's Juju. It can't be anybody else. Yeah, and and Tony, one catch, five yards and a touchdown. Like all of the, It's like, wow, that's pretty fitting. That that makes a lot of sense, right? Um, you know, obviously, MBS has the big uh, AFC championship game. Um, you know, he doesn't have the big game in this one. No catches. Like, actually, you look at, you look at the Chiefs receiver box score and you're so right. Like, oh, yeah, Kelsey, 681 in touch. Cool. 
Juju. Yeah, very say you want to touch. It can only be Kelsey. It That's could not gonna, be anybody else. Only be Kelsey. And like then Marquez Valdez Scantling, zero catches, right? Uh, and then the two gadgety guys, like you said, the the short touchdown catches with Moore and Tony. Very, very much uh, a Chiefs receiver box score from this year. That's for sure. So um, Kansas City, hell of a hell of a game. Awesome stuff. You know, do you, now at this point, Scott, will as long as Mahomes plays, will they ever not be the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl? Like, I think that we're, we're kind of in that era here with 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 Pat Mahomes and this Chiefs team. We are, although, man, just look at how loaded the teams are at quarterback it's with so many. You know, the yeah. Chargers are sleeping giant with Herbert. They're changing their coordinator this year. Obviously, the Bengals with Burrow and Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins and all those guys. And, you know, if they can get their defense and offensive line upgrade a little bit, Buffalo still has a window open with Josh Allen. Was another team. It's it's interesting to see good teams need receiver help. And that's, you know, what Buffalo definitely needs. But so the AFC seems like it's the more jagged of gauntlets to run through. But yeah, Kansas City has to be the first name. As, as long as they keep yeah. Kelsey and Mahomes and Reed together, I don't see why anything would change. Yeah, Eric Bieniemy might leave for an offensive coordinator job so that he gets a shot to call plays. Like I know Washington is one of the well talk overdue, to him. well overdue, well, well overdue for sure. And I think that could hopefully be his his setup for the next for like a head coaching job. So we'll see uh, if that finally gets him over the hump. Um, the AFC is so loaded, man, and and you know it's just a reminder. And this will transition us into the Eagles uh, after we take a, a quick break here. It's so hard to get back. It's so hard to get to a Super Bowl, right? Like Burrow went to that Super Bowl in his second year, and it's like. You know, it was tough it, with Mahomes in the conference. It's going to be tough to get there. And Mahomes has been to three Super Bowls, you know, at 27 years old. It's just insane. And it's just a reminder again how hard it is to get back. And we we get Sean Payton in the AFC next year. We're probably going to get Aaron Rodgers in the AFC next year. What if we get a healthy Tua for a full season? A lot of good football yeah. teams out there. A lot of good football teams out there. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll talk about uh, the losing team, the NFC team here in the Philadelphia Eagles. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. All right, we're back. Um, yeah, it's a bummer for Philadelphia because they pretty much left it all on the field. You know, we're talking about Jalen Hurts already. It, just an insane game from Jalen Hurts. 304 passing yards, passing touchdown. Uh, he rushes for 70 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Mahomes even said afterwards, if there are any doubters left, there shouldn't be now. He's the first quarterback in history to have a passing touchdown and multiple rushing touchdowns in a Super Bowl. Just an incredible, incredible game from Jalen Hurts. And, you know, one, I think that they're going to figure out a contract extension for him. The owner already came out and said it. And, like, it's kind of similar, Scott. Like, I think it's an even better version of what the Seahawks had going on with Russell Wilson in the first chapter of his career. The first guy that was like, oh, rookie contract, great team around him. But I think that, like, Hurts has been even better this year than um, than Russell Wilson was in the early part of his career. It's a fair comment. Um, Hertz was amazing. He, he has one play he wants back, 
right? Yeah. Uh, maybe two plays, depending on what we think of that throw to Devonta Smith down the left sideline. They scored a touchdown shortly after that anyway. I mean, it, when a player is that wide open, it, it can be a tricky throw because you just want to make sure you complete it. And he did that. And maybe Smith should have scored on it anyway. But what I want to figure out, two, two things are going to happen here. One, the Eagles are going to lose their offensive coordinator. You know, yeah. you can't be this good on offense and have per- have your coaching staff not get rated. But Hurts just had such a dynamic year with running touch. We know he's always going to have that escapability to his game and that resourceful running. When the play breaks down, he's going to want to, okay, I can get an easy 10 yards, let's do it. And he's going to want to start to transition to going out of bounds more, sliding more, taking on a little bit less contact. That will be part of his just maturity, seeing the game feel mm-hmm. a little bit better, although he's already doing that at a very high level. But I want to know at what point, and this is where it speaks to his fantasy value going forward, at what point do the Eagles say, you know what, we're at the goal line, First and goal at the one. We got three or four cracks at this. We know Nick Sariani loves four cracks at anything. <laughs> Is it really worth it for Jalen Hurts to be the guy who's, who's just getting you know, getting body blows from people, even though it's so hard to defend? I mean, his, his stats as a short yardage runner were ridiculous. And I do think the NFL really needs to look at the whole idea of teammates pushing teammates. It just looks like it's rife for injury. I, I want to get that out of the game. But still, quarterback sneak is, is a cheat code. It was a cheat code for Brady and in a kind of a different manner of doing it. It's a cheat code with the power runs that the Eagles run. And so what's the over-under for Hurts for rushing touchdowns next year? I mean, it's going to be like 10 or 11, assuming a healthy season. And we just had a year where it felt like he scored like 30 times. You know, three, the touchdown prop for him in the Super Bowl, was it minus 125? It was handing you free money. It's like, <laughs> fill in the blank. How much money would you like yeah. to win today? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you're, you're going to win that. You're going to win it right away. And I shout out to all the people who had Kenneth Gainwell first touchdown props because I feel for you because his elbow went oh, down yeah. about a centimeter before. They called, They made the right call, but it's, I, I have some good friends who had the Gainwell punch and, and that was a stomach punch for them. But uh, the question I want to know from Hertz is how much are they going to take off his running plate because it's just so risky. But the flip side is, and we talked about Kansas City. Their receiver room needs a coat of paint. All the Eagles need at receiver for everybody to stay healthy because yeah. A.J. Brown is a god. Devonta Smith is a 1A to A.J. Brown's 1. And Dallas Goddard, in his late 20s now, and I get it, but he, he's a fantastic tight end. And you have one of the best offensive lines in football. Now, again, we'll see who comes back and who does it. They have a couple of guys who are getting close to the point where retirement wouldn't be that big of a surprise. But what doesn't this offense have? The passing game especially, the thing with Hurts, is before this season, the idea was, oh, he's a great athlete. He's a great runner. How good of a passer is he really? Or even some knuckleheads like me who was like, yeah, I wonder what Gardner Minshew would do in this offense. I still do wonder that. <laughs> hey, but it's, it's, not, it's fair not to like, wonder because of how awesome the offense is. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. But, but Jalen Hurts came so far as a passer. And if his game ever shifted to he mostly just had to throw and he, and he ran like 20 or 30 percent as much as he runs now, I would think he'd still be a star. I, it, this offense is, is wonderful. He's really become a tremendous player. And again, that's where I felt cheated. I did pick Kansas City. It was better for me if Kansas City won the game, although I focused on props. But I just wanted to see what Philadelphia was going to do in that final drive. And, and again, you know. Part of that's on the defense. If you don't like it, stop them, right? They didn't stop them. Yeah. I get it. You know, Bradbury admitted he did commit, commit the infraction, but it just would have been nice to see Jalen Hurts have that one chance to answer because I thought he was the best player on the field. Yeah, it's a great call. Um, I, I again, I wish we would have. I wish we would have gotten a chance to see that because Hurts has just done so much to outkick everybody's expectations of him uh, at every step of the way, and and that's been really cool to see. Just like w- tracking his journey from getting benched at Alabama. To participating in a Super Bowl and being 
one of the best players, if not the best player on the field in the Super Bowl. Like that's an incredible journey uh, that Hurts has gone on. And, you know, it's I, I do kind of wish we would have gotten to see the cherry on top. But shoot, I mean, you can't. This was one of those games where going into it, I was like, you know what? No matter what, no matter who wins, I'm going to feel really good about it. it cause, just because that's the funny thing about Mahomes, too, is that. Like there were times during there were times during like the Brady run, right? Where it's like, oh, I mean, enough already with the Patriots because like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady aren't that likable to, to some people, whatever. Mahomes is so stinking likable, like and, and Andy Reid is so likable that it's it's hard to get pissed off at them as they go on this run. But same with Jalen Hurts, too. Like he's such an easy guy to root for. And this has been such an, a great journey that I do kind of wish we would have gotten to see him have a chance to win that game. Although maybe, you know, leaving it up as if it never happened you know we, we don't know that there might have been a bad ending there but regardless incredible play from Hertz that I think the more that they put on his plate the better they should feel about it and this this game was just a great reminder of what an incredible ecosystem this team has right now and the old guy like you mentioned Dallas Goddard's like the old guy on the team and he's 28 years old mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean they have Miles Sanders is a free agent that that is something to to talk about I don't know if I don't know what his market would look like when he hits the open market, I don't know if they want to work out something with him, but I feel like they could throw a Kenny Gainwell out there. You know, they could get another back and just keep throwing out there, especially now Jason Kelsey might retire. They do seem to have some sort of plan in-house you know, with his replacement, so we'll see if that happens. But this offensive line, like we've talked about the skill position guys so far, the offensive line is loaded for Philadelphia. Lane Johnson is is great. He, um, he obviously uh, is going to undergo a surgery after this. That, that was announced this morning as well, but it's just you can you could go on and on and on. I'm going on and on and on talking about how great this offensive setup is, but Hertz has absolutely maximized it, and I have faith that he would he will continue to maximize it. Yeah, this year I came out with a series. Um, shout out there, Jason Kabaka, our editorial editor, who suggested I do power rankings for fantasy teams. Started the season with Buffalo at number one, which was obviously not the right call. I quarterly I would update them. Philadelphia ended the season as the best fantasy team. And they're going to enter next year as the best fantasy team. And, you know, you watch A.J. Brown dominate. And I think this guy was traded at the peak of his powers. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you under, at least you understood, you know, yeah. why the Packers traded Adams or why Kansas City traded Hill. These guys were back nine guys. A.J. Brown's a front nine guy. I, and I yeah. just I feel mm-hmm. sorry for Ryan Tannehill having to watch this game and be like, I, yeah, that used to be my guy, you know. And then we'd have these what did, game what plans. Did Tannehill we, say, what did Tannehill say uh, when after they played? He went up to A.J. Brown after the, he dunked all over him. He was like, you didn't have to. You didn't have to do it that hard, man. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. feel for Tannehill. Yeah, we used to. He tell, tells us his friends. Yeah, we used to have that guy, and we target him six or seven times a game. It was freaking ridiculous. <laughs> you know, They're like okay, great. okay, pal, sure, sure, you sure. do. <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah. That's what's great too about AJ Brown. He's like he's added late, and I we, I had this conversation with him on Echo's Edge this year about how he was almost sort of like a misunderstood wide receiver because of how Tennessee used him. That they didn't throw to him on these like go balls and 50 50 you know balls and stuff like that at least not as much as he has in philadelphia but you're right like he was just on the ascension as he was traded and we like never see that happen i know it's so rare it's so rare imagine if aj brown and like dk metcalf were on the same team wouldn't that be fun 
That oh, would be oh wild. wait, wait, that happened. That actually did happen. I'm that sorry. would be wild. Yeah, that'd be wild. Yeah, and then Dawson, they would tell you that Dawson that Knox I, would hang around. Yeah, yeah, they'd be they'd, they'd be telling you that Elijah Moore is actually the best receiver of them, which is funny now as we're having this conversation with like the Ohio State guys, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson are like, oh yeah, Jackson Smith and Jig was the best receiver of the three of us. So I don't know, a lot of good, a lot of good receivers. We, I, I, you know, I could go on and on talking about these receivers. Uh, and it's right, just such a good, Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr. is there too, in Ohio State, oh, and God, they were yeah. these guys were so good at Ohio State that Jameson Williams said, oh. I better go somewhere where I can play like Alabama. <laughs> yeah, let me just go uh, walk onto a little casual school like Alabama. Yeah, um, yeah a team yeah. that's never heard of. Yeah, that never had a skill talent. Yeah, never had a receiver of note like you know Heisman Trophy winner Devonta Smith. It's just the conveyor belt. You know, receiver receiver conveyor belt teams in college is just amazing. And next year is going to be fun. There's a lot of good receiver talent coming in. Plus, there's a ridiculous amount of running back talent coming in. Robinson, yeah, Texas, is the guy exciting. we're all talking about. But there's a lot of guys who can play, and that dovetails into Philadelphia's backfield, right? The Miles Sanders was a good pass catcher early in his career. They don't throw the ball to him anymore. He was targeted once in this game, but he had less. He had under 100 yards receiving in the year, which is just mind-blowing for a guy who played the full season. He was really good as a fantasy player because he ran the ball well. He had the touchdown regression and all that. But Kenneth Gamewell looked uh, – Gamewell's yards per carry wasn't that great, but I mean, he looked like more of their feature back in this game. They threw him the ball. I think Gamewell's going to be the head of some kind of a committee next year, and then it's a matter of who do they want to bring back. I think Sanders would really have to just want to stay in Philly and take a team-friendly deal. Somebody's going to offer him a better deal than when he gets in Philly, I bet, and so he leaves. But we're going to probably say after the draft, oh, yeah, that running back the Eagles took in the third or fourth round, he might be the best running back on the roster because it's a loaded running back class. This team understands that a little bit of Hurts, a little bit of Gamewell, a little bit of Boston Scott, or you know, whoever those guys end up being. I don't know if Scott comes back, but they don't mind sprinkling. Like the, the, you know, they have a game where you know, Hurts gets a bunch of carries, Gamewell gets some, Sanders gets some, Scott got involved. Uh, shout out to the people who bet his prop. He actually lost it because he went <laughs> over the prop line, then he got cackled for a negative gain. Shout, shout out to Dave Hampton who did that in the 70s for the oh, Falcons. Man. He went over 1,000 yards. They stopped the game. They give him the ball, and he gets tackled for a three-yard loss. Ends the season with like 998 yards. But uh, the Eagles understand it's committee life in the backfield. I'm interested in Gainwell. I think he's going to be a fun player to draft. I wrote that today. But mm. whoever he's competing against isn't on the roster right now, and they're going to bring in somebody who they think is pretty good, whether it be a free agent deal that they, they like the price on. Or I, I could definitely see them taking like a third or fourth round running back and you know the rules have changed at running back. It used to be okay if you're drafted the first couple of rounds, we'll take you seriously. Everybody else will they even make the roster. Now it's not uncommon to see a third or fourth round rookie running back. And Pacheco was just a I seventh. Say, how about a seventh? <laughs> right. It's not unusual for those day two, day three running backs to have fantasy relevance right out of the box. Yeah, I think Gainwell will be a really interesting guy to discuss. Now, Miles Sanders is a PA guy, so he might just want to stay with the team and take a free, sure. free uh, State, like yep. a team friendly deal. Yeah, Penn State guy, born in Pittsburgh, like he might just want to stay. I wouldn't blame him if he wanted to stay here too. He's gonna look really good running behind that offensive line for the rest of his career if he wanted to. Um, but again. I think that's the only big question about this team uh, from an offensive standpoint is what does their backfield look like? And again, Jalen Hurts also, like how much do they want to run him? Um, you know, it was funny. Uh, I think I think it was on the on the podcast talking to Justin Fields with Austin Eckler at Super Bowl week and like, oh, man, maybe we see another thousand yard season out of you. And he's like, God, I hope not. Because <laughs> uh, he literally is like, yeah, I'm so beat up. You know, just, I don't want to do that. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see how Hurts wants to handle that transition into the second. Let me ask you this, career. Matt. Okay. I, uh, I I am the ruler of all things fantasy. I am going to bequeath you without you don't have to draft these guys. I'm just going to say you can have Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts and all your fantasy teams next year. 
because I, I'm the ruler of all things, the benevolent ruler of all things. Would you take Mahomes or Hurts? I, mm, that's hard. Probably, probably Mahomes. I think just because you know we had we did see Jalen Hurts get a little beat up this year. Uh, maybe he dials the rushing back. But I don't feel very good a, about that. Is this a floor? Is this a floor upside thing where Mahomes' floor is so freaking sturdy? You'd be like, okay, I'm getting a tier one quarterback no matter what. Where Hurts, like maybe if I was bequeathing you Hurts and like in like contests where there's like a really big prize at the top, you might say, well, maybe Hurts has a go to the moon score that Mahomes can't have because Mahomes will never run as much as Hurts does. Yeah, I mean, you, you certainly you certainly might be right. At the same time, though, like Mahomes had he was the QB one this year. Uh, I mean, obviously Jalen Hurts got hurt, but their floor ceiling. I mean, th I think that's the thing about Mahomes is like. He's the ceiling and the floor, you know, certainly I think like from an, I think if you were giving me like a one game discussion, like then I probably would go Jalen Hurts. Like if this is one game, you know, like a DFS type contest, all, all salaries, whatever being equal, I might go Jalen Hurts because he yep. has the ability to run for three damn touchdowns, 70 yards, and then also throw for 300 like we saw in this game. So I think that probably would be the way I'd go. But yeah, I think Mahomes is a, is a ceiling and floor guy, 25 points per game, 25.6 points per game for uh, for for Jalen Hurts this year just for context. I think you I think you sold me on Mahomes. Now the other thing with Hurts, and this is something we argue about on Twitter, I feel like every year in fantasy, is his style of play. Now I talked about you know the goal line runs mm, and you know getting yeah. beat up by guys and everything. Th does his style of play lend himself to getting hurt? I I've seen so many different ideas on that. Like, oh stop it with Lamar Jackson. He hasn't had a major injury. Well the last two years he's been hurt an awful lot. Yeah. But mm -hmm. um does Hurts, how, how injury prone or how much injury concern do we have to have for a player who's always going to be tied so much to the running being an element in his game? Yeah, I think that's a, a fair question. And obviously we saw him get hurt this year. We also saw Mahomes get hurt. Mahomes get hurt, from, sure. Hob yeah. Hobbling like crazy, like Fred Sanford the last two games, for sure. Yeah, 100%. So I, I don't know about the injury stuff and like how that all evens it out. I would say, too, not even from an injury to hurt standpoint, but as good as Jalen Hurts is and, and like knock on freaking wood for this, if AJ Brown went down, if Devonte Smith went down, like, yeah, I, I don't know what that looks like. Meanwhile, I know what Mahomes looks like throwing to like a, a random cast of characters. Cause he just did it for 17 games plus playoffs plus Super Bowl here uh, with this group. So, I mean, if Kelsey went down, obviously that would be a concern, but I think that's why obviously uh, I'm going Mahomes for this one, just to, like not even the ceiling floor thing, but also, you know, circumstances being equal, uh, I think he's just the better player. Like, I think Jalen Hurts would be, I think Jalen Hurts would still be good without Devontae Smith or without A.J. Brown, but I don't know that he would be like this good, right? Uh, so that's also, from a fragility standpoint, something to be concerned about. I, I Really, the only thing that I was disappointed in, in this game from the Eagles side, other than the ending... I just their defense definitely wasn't wasn't as good as like uh, it's been all year long. No, no um, sacks, man. No sacks like no, that. No takeaways. No takeaways. Yep. That was unexpected. Um, obviously, the turf had some, the the playing surface had something to do with it. You know, there was definitely some discussion about that. But Andrew Wiley just had a really good game again. The Chiefs' right tackle Andrew Wiley had a really good game against Hassan Reddick, who's been a dominant edge defender all year long. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that was probably the one thing. And it's funny, like you talked about. They're probably going to lose Shane Steichen to the Colts head coaching job. It sounds like they're going to go with that. Although maybe that's just one last report to be like, you know what? At the end of it, Jeff Saturday just got us, you know, <laughs> but uh, it sounds like Shane Steichen's going to be the Colts head coach. The Cardinals sound like they might hire Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator. Not the best performance, 
necessarily to, to hire Jonathan Gannon off of, but he's been a guy who's been in head coaching discussions for a long time. But that's what happens when you build a great thing like the Eagles have built here on both sides of the ball, really. You're gonna lose you're gonna lose your coordinators. But I, I don't know about you, Scott. I still have faith that like Nick Sirianni, by the way, when, like, when you saw like Nick Sirianni crying at, at the anthem, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be a banger of a game. Uh, that's when you know it's going to be good, right? Um, Nick Sirianni's built a, g- a good thing here. They've done so much to develop this team. I still have faith that they may, they might not be a Super Bowl team next year, but regardless of what they lose, I think they are going to be a team that is one of the best, if not the best in the NFC for the next few years here. And we talked about who would be the AFC favorite, and I landed on Kansas City, but I had to think about different teams. There's no doubt in my mind Philadelphia yeah. is going to be the AFC favorite. Just the, And the talk was, as you said before the week, about them having the stronger roster. The, the pass rush didn't show up in this game. A lot of this, Mahomes, quarterbacks, sacks are a quarterback stat as much as they are an offensive line stat. And, and a really good quarterback can avoid those negative plays through his skill and you know, pre-snap reads and obviously, you know, what ha- actually happens in the play and physical ability and stuff like that, resourcefulness. But the Eagles are so freaking low. They, I can't imagine. <laughs> they don't have any area of the field where they're not great at. And, again, and they have the 10th matter- overall pick this year. They have, they oh, have the 10th overall yeah. pick. Just what, they, just what they need. You know, draft <laughs> capital to go along with this roster. Yeah. <laughs> a really smart front office, a really smart coaching staff. And – their main offensive pieces, for the most part, are all on the escalator. These guys, this this thing is this rocket ship is still moving, you know, moving towards the sky. You know, it's yep. it's. Pro- I think with especially when I think of Brown, Smith, and Goddard, I feel very confident. Neither, none of these guys have had their best season yet, and that's terrifying mm, to the that's rest crazy. of the NFC. That that's crazy to say that, and it's crazy that when you st- when you say that, I don't even blink. Like I I agree with you. They could easily outkick what they did this year next year. Oh, just, just an incredible. These teams, I, play I, ne- these teams play next year, by the way. I, mm. I think it might be in Kansas City. That might be the opening game of the season. Yeah, I was going to say that. That sounds like a pretty good opener right there. Super Bowl rematch. Um, man, just a, such a well set up thing here. The fact they have the 10th overall pick is incredible. The fact that Eagles fans got to spend the last two weeks thinking about a Super Bowl while also thinking about ma- like looking at mock drafts and getting pissed off at mock drafts is just absolutely insane. That's a that's a great setup you got there as an Eagles fan. Again, it's a you never know. You might never get back here. You might never get back to this moment, and that's why it sucks to lose one. It's why it sucks to you know have it slip have it slip at the end and have that ending to this game. Why it makes it extra painful for Eagles fans. Why I don't blame any of them for being pissed off here on Monday morning. At the same time. If any team is set up to get back, like I feel better, I feel better about them than I did about the Bengals last year. The Bengals got real damn close this year, and they had a similar sort of ecosystem about them with two great receivers, great young quarterback, all that stuff. I think the the Eagles are definitely well set up to push to do this again. Again, there's just no guarantee. If if there's one like, and we know that this is always the case, if there's any like grand view takeaway from both Super Bowl teams, and there's definitely like lessons to be learned from each team. To me, though, it's and it, it, going to bring it back to quarterback. This is a, this is a, a Super Bowl that teaches you the lesson of like drafting and developing quarterbacks, right? And not just in the in the way that we see, like, oh, Joe Burrow, you know, he's going to start from day one and he's going to be that guy, whatever. They sat Mahomes for a year, right? And which I, I still wonder how they pulled that off, like, because everybody says like he looked like this guy in practice, right? Um, how they were able to just sit on their hands and be like, you know what, we are going to just wait until year two. Alex Smith is good enough, whatever. Then we trade him, and then we're flying with Mahomes, and then with Jalen Hurts. Like, remember the start of last, like, of last season, and how like, oh man, th- this this offense is not working with him, and then they completely 
you know, Shane Syke and Nick Sirianni, two guys that don't come from like the quarterback run offense or anything, completely remade the offense around him and just continue to let him grow and continue to build around him. I think a lot of teams should and will take lessons on how both of these two teams approached their quarterback. And they, and also they didn't sit tight with the guys they had before, right? With Alex Smith and with um and with Carson Wentz. It's like let's keep taking bites at the apple here and you might end up on some in something special. Right. And then when you land up on something special, offense is more has more continuity year over year than defense, which is why if you want to be great for an extended period of time, all the dynasties that have endured in the NFL are all offensive related. You know, as great as like the Ray Lewis Ravens were. They they, they were a team yeah. that had a moment and then, you know, they were just another team for a while. Tampa Bay's championship with John Gruden was just that one year, even though that defense was an all-time unit. The Super Bowl Shuffle Bears of 85 only went to one Super Bowl. If you want to get back over and over and over again, that route to that is usually building an unbelievable offense. And both these teams have certainly done it in very different ways. Um, Scott, anything else on on this game before we get out of here? Any Rihanna hot takes, half the commercial hot takes, uh, uh, snack hot takes from, from Super Bowl Sunday? I'll say this about the commercials. We're getting to the point now where you watch the commercial and I, I might remember the conceit of the commercial. I have no idea what they're selling me. <laughs> what, what's, like, what's the product? What's the item? What, what do yeah, you want yeah. me to do? You've, you've gotten an emotional reaction out of me. That's good. Mm-hmm. Now, what do I have to buy now? What, what is it? I don't know. I, I think, you know, can we get Pete Campbell and Don Draper in here? Peggy Olson where, you know, Joan Hendricks. I need these people in my life. You know, what's going yeah. on? I, I, I like, I like, I like your story. I just don't know what you're selling. There's, very few worlds that confuse me more than marketing. So um, mm. I'm going to agree with you on that one. I, I, I couldldn't couldn't agree more on the whole commercial part of right. it. But as, all I right. in, as, as I say in big, right, there's a great scene between uh, Robert Loggia and Tom Hanks. Of course, Tom Hanks is playing a 13-year-old and they're at the toy store. And, and the old guy says, yeah, I, I come here every Saturday. You know, the things you can't see in a marketing report. And then Tom Hanks, he's 13, says, what's a marketing report? Because he has no idea what it is. And Robert Loggia looks at him and he goes, exactly. <laughs> what's the what's the marketing report matt matt Harmon? i ask you that and you can just say exactly because we don't know it wouldn't be a pianowski Harmon pod if without a movie reference that i don't get so uh, tell yeah, me you know. haven't seen but you haven't seen big no nah, dude i haven't seen Big. oh uh, it's a, it's it's a little bit dated there's there's things in the show uh, in the movie that probably wouldn't fly today but it's a it's a fantastic I'm, I'm not even the biggest tom hanks fan in the world he's a fine actor i don't think he's like a mount rushmore actor for me even though he's won a couple of academy awards you've seen forrest gump right you've seen that movie yes i have seen forrest okay gump. okay yeah, yeah, but yeah. uh it's he's terrific in it it's a it's a cute movie it's uh elizabeth perkins is really good Logia, who's one of my favorite character actors it's, it's a good it's a good watch you should you should see big plus he uh there's a there's actually some sports in it there's some baseball in it there's uh some football in it there's a, a giant sweatshirt that's involved a mark gastineau football jersey is involved so you know there's a little bit for the sporting matt Harmon as well sorry i'm just gonna have to rewatch like some tv show that i've already seen uh i'm just gonna have to rewatch it for like the fifth time can't allow it <laughs> at one point when tom hanks becomes a big wig at the toy company he tells his secretary that he wants a, a a video he wants to go get a videotape of the giant super bowl with all the commercials edited out and all the talking edited out he just wants the action so like you know as they were saying on the the ringer rewatchables pod you know maybe tom hanks created youtube in this show but uh yeah big's a good mm-hmm. movie man you should see it i think you'll like you and your your lovely wife will uh when you need a date movie um big's a good watch 
All right, I'll put it on the list uh, that I'll probably never get around to watching because I, 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 I can't help but disappoint you. <laughs> Overpromise, underdeliver. That's my man. That, that's me, man. That's 100% right. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us. That's going to do it for the 2022 NFL season. I just want to say, Scott, to you, to John, to all the other hosts, and especially to the listeners of this show, I've had a blast this year. I, it's been a ton of fun. It's been a lot of work to put into the podcast, but work that's been doesn't feel like work, right? Like we get to do the greatest job on planet Earth. And I think it's just always worth saying how grateful I am to all of you guys for making this show what it is. Um, again, to the other guys on the other side of the mic, um, to Austin, to you, to to Dalton, to, to Andy, everybody, that's to Frank, the betting bros. To everybody that's participated on the pod as a guest and uh, uh, as well as a host, that's been great. John's been great all year. Brett, executive producing, whatever that means, he's been great. Um, the and but most importantly, the listeners giving us your time and attention, it's it's incredible and it's never. I I I know it's not lost on Scott. I know it's not never lost on me that it's just insane that we get to do this and, and get to cash a paycheck for it. And the people actually pay attention. It's so nice to know that this podcast doesn't just doesn't go out to dead air that people actually listen and engage with it. And I am very appreciative this time of year, Scott. Very, very well said. And you, you're probably too humble to mention it, but you, the podcast was FSWA nominated and you've been nominated for a bunch of different things at the Echo's Edge program as well. And, and although that, you know, that speaks a little bit to you know, the different guests that you have, that's me. You're, you're the main fulcrum of the show. And so that's a feather in your cap. And, and I'm glad you mentioned people like, like John Gennaro and, you know, who's just an unbelievable uh, guy to work with. Our Lord podcast, we call him. You know, we, we tease him a lot because we, we've got him on the spot. But um, it, we, we just, the support help we get is unbelievable. And it just makes it so easy for us to do our jobs. But, you know, when that nomination comes down, it's, it's really more than anybody. It's a comment on the great work you did, blending different voices and being able to steer a show, but also giving people a chance to talk and be who they are and everything. Also, shout out to Frank for going 11-2 and two during the NFL playoffs. What a and one of the losses. One of the losses was the Super Bowl with the Eagles easily. They they might have been the right side in that game. So yeah, um, yeah. I'm just I'm just happy to be. You know, I'm not batting cleanup on this group, but I'm just happy to be in the lineup somewhere. And it's uh, you know, if I'm the Kenneth Gainwell to to your Jalen Hurts, I can live with that. <laughs> uh, Jalen Hurts way more handsome than me, so I don't know if I can take that one. Uh, but hey, I appreciate all you guys. Uh, couldn't do it without you. That's in- that's to you scott that's to everybody and it's definitely to the listeners we couldn't do this without you guys we really appreciate you as always if you don't already make sure you're following us both on twitter that's at scott underscore pianowski and i'm at matt Harmon underscore byb if you appreciate us as much as we appreciate you it'd be awesome if you let us know with the five-star review wherever you're listening let's review the podcast give us some we have so many from shows that are like uh, 10 years old at this point uh so like give us some good reviews if you like the show if you appreciate us as much as we appreciate you i will be back with dalton later this week to try and answer some off-season questions heading uh into this off-season quote-unquote i mean my god it's going to be busier than ever that these questions are hanging over every nfl team we're going to try to figure them out until then we're out Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding right your tail. 
Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.